Well, I'd like to continue this morning uh, talking about the church, and uh, we'll go to Numbers chapter 3 to begin with this morning. And, uh, you know, we've, I think this is maybe the sixth week of study on, on the church, and, and uh, we found that the church uh, is in many more places than you see the word church. Uh, we certainly believe that, and this morning will be uh, no different. But we'll find places that teaches the church, but the word church is not used. And again, there's many, many, many places like that. But I'd like to approach it this morning uh, with the priesthood in mind. And of course, we'll go certainly to the Old Testament and, and look at the priesthood back there. And we know that the things happened uh, in the Old Testament were happened to them and were, and were recorded for our learning and our admonition. So as we, we look at the priesthood back there, we will see, uh, pray that the Lord would reveal to us what that means to us today. Uh, so some of the things we'll look at are questions. Who were they that made up the priesthood in the Old Testament? And what was their purpose? And then we might ask, okay, today, who is the priesthood? And what is their purpose? Why would all this be important? You say, well, just history. Well, I hope you never view the Old Testament as just history. It is history. It's past. Yesterday's history. It's, it's past. But again, it's written for our learning and our admonition. And I don't know who coined the phrase, but I like it uh, uh, the New Testament is simply the Old Testament revealed. And, of course, they do both go together. They don't contradict one another. Now, many times we, it looks like it does contradict, but it doesn't. And the blessing is when we see how it does fit together. So hopefully we'll see that uh, again today. Uh, so why, is, why was the priesthood important back then? Of course, thinking all the time, why is it important today? So back then, only the priest could offer up acceptable sacrifice uh, to God in the sanctuary. Now, in the beginning, we know the priesthood, we'll go back a little farther, the priesthood was the firstborn, and that started with uh, uh, the Passover, and he was going to take the life of all the firstborn and the blood he would, he would pass over. So at that time, the firstborn of the family was the priest. That was the priesthood, was always the firstborn. But then we see a change in that. Uh, so in the Old Testament, those that were not priest or other priesthood could not offer up an acceptable sacrifice. Now they offered uh, the sacrifices and priesthood offered them up but they could not offer up acceptable sacrifice. Uh, so do you think it's any different today as we see what the priesthood is? Do you think it's any different today? Did God change from that? Uh, in the Old Testament, not just anyone who wanted to could be a priest. And we may see some examples of that, but... Uh, just anyone that wanted to be a priest could not be a priest. You say, well, if they'd done this and that, no. <laughs> according, well, according to the scriptures. Uh, 
Not just anyone could be a priest. Uh, now, there's also a process that we may uh, touch on a little bit, but there's a process of making priestly material a priest. You can take something that's not priestly material and go through certain motions, and you don't make them a priest. They're not of the priesthood. You can take one, well, I'll state it this way. has to be priestly material. We'll define what that is. But it has to be priestly material, and then go through a process, and then they are made of the priesthood, that they could offer acceptable sacrifices in the sanctuary. So a question would be on all of our minds, well, in this day and age, am, am I of the priesthood? It's important. It was important then. So I think it goes without saying it's important today in this day and age. So is it important? Am I priestly material? So who were they and what was their importance as we look in the uh, Old Testament? So in Numbers chapter 3, and uh, let's start reading in verse uh, 5. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Bring me the tribe of Levi. Remember, there were 12 tribes. Bring me the tribe of Levi near, and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. So Aaron was the appointed priest by God, and now he's saying, Bring the tribe of Levi, which Aaron was of the tribe of Levi, and, and that they may minister unto him. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. And let me pause for a moment. I mentioned that they did offer sacrifices, but they gave them to the priest at the sanctuary at the, and the tabernacle, and they actually offered the sacrifices. Just think of the millions of sacrifices that was offered. Being a priest that, then uh, to offer sacrifices, that was a, that was a big job, actually. Uh, so it took a lot of people to offer all those sacrifices uh, that they were going to offer. Verse 8, And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. And thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given to him out of the children of Israel. Now, let me go ahead and mention this. The uh, tribe of Levi was the ones that was given the charge of the tabernacle. There, there's a lot of work there also. Whenever that pillar uh, of fire moved, they moved that tabernacle. And the Levites is the one that would pack it up and move it. But now, out of the tribe of Levites, we have the seed of Aaron. And the seed of Aaron is the only one that could be the priest. Now, they all, the, the whole tribe of Levi had the charge of the tabernacle. They all had their part that they did. But only the seed of Aaron, who was a Levite, but only the seed of Aaron could be of the priesthood. So that's priestly material, is what I'm saying. Just because you're of the nation of Israel, you're not priestly material. Just because you were the tribe of Levi, 
you were not priestly material. You had your job as far as taking care of the tabernacle and all that, but only the seed of Aaron could be priestly material. And, well, this is another lesson, but sometimes people talk about, well, how do you get uh, uh, just everybody, either heaven or lake of fire? And I said, no. So I look at, at, at this, I, I think today, well, I know today, there's an elect within the elect within the elect. And I go back to this to see that. We have the nation of Israel, elect of God. We have the tribe of Levites, elect out of elect. And out of that tribe of Levites, we have the seed of Aaron. So we have an elect within an elect within an elect. I think it's no different today. I don't, I don't think it's just heaven, everybody else going to lake of fire. I don't believe that at all. But that is another lesson. Uh, let's see, where did I stop? Uh, well, I'll go start back at verse 9. And thou shalt give the Levites uh, unto Aaron and to his sons, and they wholly given to him out of the children of Israel. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on their priest office. And the stranger that cometh near shall be put to death. Now, stranger doesn't mean somebody they didn't know. Somebody that was not of the seed of Aaron. Elite, was not an Israelite, the seed of, uh, tribe of Levi, the seed of Aaron. Everybody else would have been a stranger as far as going into and offering these sacrifices. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on the priest's office, and the stranger that cometh near shall be put to death. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, and I, and I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of all the firstborn that openeth the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levites shall be mine. So it was the firstborn, and now he's, the Lord is changing it to uh, the tribe of Levi. But again, even in the tribe of Levi, then you had the seed of Aaron was a, uh, an elect within an elect. So back here, now that this is, is given by, uh, by God, what if there's a nice person that just wanted to be a priest but didn't happen to be of the tribe of Levi or didn't happen to be of the seed of Aaron? What if there's a nice person that wanted to be a priest? Well, uh, they could not, not offer up an acceptable sacrifice. And let me, we won't have time to go look at it, but let me mention, and probably a little bit ahead of where I should uh, mention it, but Korah. Korah was of the tribe of Levi. And I believe had the same grandfather uh, as, as, uh, as Aaron. And it could have been great-grandfather, but anyway, the genealogists go back a generation or two, and they had the same grandfather, the same great-grandfather. So they, so Korah was of Levite. And the Levites had the charge of the tabernacle. You set it up, you take it down, you do all these things. But only the Levites that were from the seed of Aaron offered the sacrifices. So whenever it said in there, a stranger would be put to death. Well, there was a time that Korah... And some followers kind of uh, went to Moses and Aaron 
and said, uh, you take too much of yourself, on yourself. He said, we're all Levites. We should all be able to offer sacrifices. And Moses said, no, you take too much upon yourself. God said that, it, that the sacrifices will be offered by the seed of Aaron. Yes, you're the seed of Levites, but not the seed of Aaron. Now, they had charge of the tabernacle and everything, but Korah, that wasn't, uh, wasn't enough. So Korah and followers, and some of the followers may or may not have been of the tribe of Levites, I'm not sure, but Korah said, well, the whole nation of Israel should be able to offer up these sacrifices. And one might think, well, yes, but what did God say? Only the seed of Aaron of the Levites. So Moses and Aaron uh, was kind of... Uh, Shook up by this, we might say, they went to the Lord in prayer. And Moses said, they're about to rebel against us. What are we going to do? He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, if they want to offer sacrifices, he says, let them uh, take uh, lanterns of brass. And on a certain day, let them go and where they would offer the sweet incense and the smoke and things like that. said, let them do that. And on a certain day, they did that. Well, what happened? They were all killed. They were Levites, but they weren't the seed of Aaron. So I'm saying, whether you think it's fair or not, Korah didn't think it was fair. But God said only these particular people can offer up acceptable sacrifices. And then they took the uh, plates and put it on the brazen altar Mashed them, they mashed those lanterns down and put it on the altar there and uh, to where, and there's a good study and good lesson there, but whenever people would go to this altar, they would see these, all these brass, these lanterns mashed because they saw what was done, that the, the priesthood would only be of seed of Aaron. So, not possible to offer acceptable sacrifice any other way. Now the book of uh, Nehemiah, uh, chapter 7. And I probably should have shared that core story a little, a little later, but, uh, but it's an important uh, story and, and uh, one to keep in mind as we look at priesthood. Numbers, uh, or I mean, uh, Nehemiah chapter 7 and verse 63. And all the priests, the children of Habiah, the children of Hakaz, the children of Barzillai, who took of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileite, and his wife, and was called after their name. These sought their registration among those who were reckoned by genealogy, but it was not found there. It was not found. Therefore, they were deemed as polluted and put from the priesthood. So here's some people. Sounds like they were going in the priesthood or trying to be the priesthood or maybe it was there or something like that. But they looked for their genealogies and it wasn't there. 
They weren't the seed. They may have been Levites, but they were not the seed of Aaron. And they were put out from the priesthood. Uh, so God, when he, well, when he says something, he means what he says. So here were some, and, and that's why today Israel, they're very well, records are very well of their genealogies. Because they went to, and of course some of them, they're not all Levi, of course, but some of them goes back to Abraham. They're really, uh, uh, genealogies is really important to them. If it was really important today, I'd probably be in trouble because trace mine back just four or five generations and it kind of just gets lost. <laughs> so uh, uh, I guess somebody may be good farther than that. But anyway, but to Israel, these genealogies, the way you could trace them back was very important. So here were some that was said they were Levites in the priesthood and they, they put them out because they were not. Now, uh, 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. And verse 33. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made again the lowest of the people priest. Made the lowest of the people priest of the high places. Whosoever would, he consecrated him. And he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. So, you know, there's a time when the Israel was split. You had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And, and uh, Jeroboam and, and some others thought, well, it's too far for you to go up to Jerusalem to sacrifice and everything. I think they were afraid of losing loyal followers, maybe. I'm not sure of the reason. It's too far for you to go up there to offer those sacrifices. So we'll just start down here. We'll make priests down here. And we'll, on the same uh, uh, holy days, we'll offer the same sacrifices, do all the same things, and we'll do it uh, down here. We'll make a priesthood of people who were not of the seed of Aaron. But how well did that work for them? Well, you see, it, it didn't. Uh, so they were, they, were, they were cut off. Again, we might say, well, what makes a difference? Well, because God said is what makes a difference. Uh, and then well, let's go back in the uh, 12th chapter and verse 31. Well, let's go to 32. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the 15th day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judea. And he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel, sacrificing uh, unto the calves that he made. And he, pl uh, and he placed in Bethel the priest of the high places, which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel 
the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even the month which he had devised of his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel, and he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. So again, that's what uh, Jeroboam did. That's uh, too far for you to go up there and sacrifice and everything. We'll just do it right here. So he made priests, did not start with priestly material. And he made what well, looked like here that he offered a, created a new day. But no doubt some of them were offered on the same day, the feast day of Israel that God had ordained. But was it acceptable? And we just read where it is not acceptable. So how are those that are priestly material, and by priestly material, I mean the elect nation of, is, of Israel, uh, the tribe of Levi, and the seed of Aaron. That's priestly material. So when you get to that place and the priestly material, how are they made priests? You say, well, if they're just the seed of Aaron, they're automatically priests. No, that's not the case. They're priestly material, but they're not priests yet. There's a process. Uh, and let's go to Exodus chapter 30 on that. So there is a process of taking priestly material and making them uh, of the priesthood. So Exodus chapter 30. By the way, I think this is fascinating. Exodus chapter 30 and verse... Let's go to verse 17. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of bronze, and his foot also bronze, which is to wash. And thou shalt put it in between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put uh, water therein. And Aaron and his sons who would be the priesthood. And Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet uh, their eat. Uh, and when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water that they die not. So in other words, there has to be a wash. Even the priest has to be a washing take place before they go in to offer sacrifice. Or they die. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister uh, to burn offerings made by fire unto the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet that they die not. And it shall be a statue forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. So we see a washing and this washing was for the priesthood. Verse 22. So we're talking, well, uh, verse 22. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices. And, well, let me pause here. This is going to be the anointing oil that the priest, we, we said there's a process, taking priestly material and they be made priests, there's a process. We see a washing. But also, we're going to see this anointing oil. And 
Brother Willard, and I, some of you got to hear him, but one of the Bible conferences many years ago taught one of the most beautiful lessons on the comforter. And of course, many times the comforter in the scriptures is typified as oil. But all these spices, and these spices had these sweet aroma and everything like that. And the oil was just the uh, mechanism that transported, or that's probably not the right word, but anyway, the oil was what carried all these sweet spices and aromas, and it was poured upon the priest from above. So, uh, well, let's, let's read on now. Uh, 23. Take thou also unto thee principal spices, a pure myrrh and 500 shekels, and sweet cinnamon half as much, even 250 shekels, and of the sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of case of 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil, a hen. Thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the ark of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony. So this is a place of worship. And the table and all its vessels, and the lampstand and its vessels, and the altar of incense. And the altar of burnt offerings with all its vessels, and the laver and its floor. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy whatsoever toucheth them, uh, shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me in the priest's office. So here we see Aaron's, the seed of Aaron. They're the, they're of the tribe of Levi. Well, they're, they're of the nation of Israel, all the tribe of Levi, and now the seed of Aaron but to be made priest, they need to be anointed. And anointed with this special anointing oil that the Lord gave apothecaries or perfumers or chemists to make this compound. And then they were acceptable priests to offer sacrifices. Uh, we see the washing, now we see this anointing. Uh, verse 30. Well, it's 29 again. Uh, and thou shalt sanctify uh, them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister me in the priest's office. What can we take from this, if they weren't anointed with this, that they could not minister to him in the priest's office? Can't we say that? According to this, and, and certainly we can. They wouldn't, could not minister to him in the priest's office unless they were anointed had a uh, well with this anointing oil. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall not be poured. You say, Well, gonna put it on the uh, uh, Aaron's sons. What this means, this wasn't just, and this is probably a great smelling anointing oil. You couldn't, anybody couldn't just get this oil and use it. 
not to be poured out on man's flesh, only for the, uh, the tabernacle, its furnishings, and the seed of Aaron. Upon man's flesh shall not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it. After the composition, it is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. So, uh, let's read 33. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. So, Jeroboam, who made priesthood of the lowest of people, no doubt he did this. Jeroboam and his people were cut off. So, this anointing oil was only for the priesthood. This was, the, this was part of the process to taking priestly material and making them priests. They could offer up acceptable sacrifice to God. So now, as we look at this, would you want to be of a certain tribe? Those of you can chase your genealogies back a little bit, maybe. Would you want to be of the tribe of Levi? where the priesthood came from. Paul, Apostle Paul, was a tribe of Benjamin. What about that? Our Lord was, and David was a tribe of Judah. What about that? Paul, in the letter to Titus, said, avoid foolish questions about the law and genealogies. Now, there are people today look to the law of Moses. There are people today that look to genealogies. I can trace my genealogy back to Father Abraham. I think that's part of the problem over the Middle East today, but that's a different story. But anyway, uh, genealogies, and, and to them, to Israelites, genealogies was very, very, very important. But... What about today? Uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 for just a second. First Peter chapter 2. And let's just start. In verse 1. And, and I think now we'll begin to see. So we looked at priesthood in the Old Testament. Its value and how God looked upon it. And now let's look a little bit in the New Testament. In our age and our time. Uh, so 1 Peter 2 and, and uh, start in verse 1. Wherefore laying aside all malice all guile, all hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that ye may grow by it. If so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now I'm going to pause there. Have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? Gracious means an unmerited favor of God. Those that believe they deserve their salvation, well, they're like the Pharisees. That's not grace if you deserve it. Grace is an unmerited favor. So 
whether it be your salvation or anything else, if you believe you deserve it on the basis of you, again, that's what the Pharisees believed. So, uh, verse 3, If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So if you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, unmerited favor, then to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And let me, let me pause here, man. We're, we're going to be talking about the priesthood here. Priestly material will be of those that have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That's part of it. That's priestly material. In verse 5, ye also, well, let me read 4 again. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, that's Jesus Christ, ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house. Now, they had the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple, uh, but here it's talking about this one says, ye also as living stones build up a spiritual house. And holy priesthood, well, Claire May, we are, we're back to priesthood here. But it's talking about this in New Testament times. And we're not talking about the, the tabernacle and, and all the different uh, uh, goat skins and badger skins and, and, and boards and sockets of silver and gold and, and everything like that. That was the priesthood, and that's where they offered sacrifices. But now something different, isn't it? But we're going to see the connection. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So living stones... Priestly material, church material, because we're talking about the church. And so uh, these living stones called out by the Lord are placed in this spiritual house as he sees fit. And let me say this, everyone that the Lord calls out in his own time, brings into the spiritual house is valuable, important. Even the ones that may seem lowest, uh, well, we may talk about that someday as well, but every one of them, and don't, please don't look down on, on any of them, every one of them is valuable. Uh, so these are living stones. I'll just say church material, priesthood material. Build up a spiritual house but the priesthood in the Old Testament offered up literal sacrifices to God millions of them but this new chosen priest is now offering up spiritual sacrifices we don't offer the blood of bulls and goats or the incense, all those things. Let's read on here. Uh, let's pick back up in verse 5 again. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. That chief cornerstone is what the church was built on, the spiritual house. And to you, brethren, who believe, he is precious. But unto them who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them who stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a people of his own. Your Bible may say peculiar, and, and this, this word peculiar, certainly they would be uh, different from the rest of the world as far as that goes, but it means a purchased people is what that word peculiar means. So um, Schofield has a people of his own. Well, yes, people of his own because he purchased them. A people of his own, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we can see a, a change here, the people that didn't have this relation to God, but now, now they do. It was all about Israel and the God of Israel, wasn't it? But now we have something else. And, and God, well, let me just say this. God has given Israel a temporary bill of divorcement. He'll take her back as we go into the tribulation period. So we have now the, the age of the churches, I'll say. But it says, uh, called out of, who hath called you out of darkness and to his marvelous light. So you understand, this is these that he made up this holy priesthood that he called out, living stone, placed him in this spiritual house. And he says, called him out of darkness and to his marvelous light. So what is the marvelous light? I, I remember individual... Well, I better not go into that story. Okay, <laughs> what is the marvelous light? Go to Colossians chapter 1. Book of Colossians chapter 1. We're looking, these ones, is, he made up his spiritual house and living stones, called them out of darkness to place them in this marvelous light. So where is this? What is this marvelous light? Colossians chapter 1 and, and start in verse 9. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with a knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and to all patience and long suffering 
with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, who hath made us to, who hath, who hath made us, not of our free will, He made us, who, who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. That's the light. Out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Translate us out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And that is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The spiritual house. Where he takes living stones. He shapes, forms them, puts them where he wants them. When he wants them. And uh, well, let's... Let's go on a little further here. In verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, where they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or things. Uh, things were created by, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So Jesus Christ is the head of the body, the church, where he calls out of darkness into the marvelous light of his church. Take these living stones, priestly material, Places them, shapes them, places them in the body where and when he determines. Uh, John 4, 24 said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So in order to offer up acceptable sacrifice in the Old Testament, we see the priesthood and so forth. And in the New Testament, these that are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the New Testament chosen royal priesthood must be in possession of the truth. That's what it said there. So this must be in possession of the, of the truth. Now we saw the genealogies and things in the Old Testament, but now this spiritual house out of darkness to the marvelous light, must be in possession of this truth to offer up these spiritual sacrifices. So let's go to a very, very, very familiar scripture in John 16. And we've talked about this, I think, the last couple lessons on this. So it must be in possession of the truth. And the truth is in a particular place called the marvelous light, the body of Christ. And, and I won't get, well, I'll try not to get carried away. We'll just, we, we know in John 14, 15, and 16, talking about uh, the comfort of the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And uh, so in John 16 and 13, nevertheless when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. 
For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So now this Holy Spirit in the office of the Comforter is placed in the church on the day of Pentecost, which we talked about the last couple uh, studies on this. So must be in possession of the truth to be acceptable, to offer up an acceptable sacrifice unto God. I didn't uh, like that teaching many years ago. So, well, it doesn't make any difference. And this building is not the church. We read that it's made up of living stones. And God places living stones in his body, in his time, and for his purpose and everything. But, there, so there are many things to be this, this priesthood. And, and the last thing there that we looked at is, must have the truth to be able to offer this up. And the truth is placed in the Lord's body. He's the head of it. And it is that comforter. And, and I'll mention it again. I, uh, Brother Alston would, would uh, many times give an invitation for baptism to the body of Christ. And I, uh, I wanted to, and I thought, I need to know more. And it, again, it offered an invitation. I thought, I need to know more. And then whenever the Lord began to open my eyes that the comfort of the spirit of truth is in the body, I said, that's what I want. <laughs> so that's what the Lord used to uh, con convince me um, that the, the truth that I sought was in the body and the method was all the, well, uh, as many as were baptized into, to Christ have put on the Christ. That goes back with our washing that we read about a long time ago, making priest. Uh, the washing was there first. May the Lord bless us speak in every word. We're dismissed. Let me mention something. Uh, I, I think I'm correct in this, and I was surprised by this. The month of September, if I'm not mistaken, we had 1,500 hits on our website, which was a big surprise to me. So something else that we may uh, 